0: So I'm here today with Becky Brown. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing well. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us who you are?
1: Of course. So I am Becky Brown. I'm a pharmacist and I live in Oklahoma and I have been in recovery in um, 12-step meetings for 18 years. And um, recently in the last couple of years, I started using cannabis as medicine for my um, pain and stuff. I've had a couple of back surgeries during recovery. So uh, I've had some experiments with using pain medicine since I got sober, which is not so fun. So that kind of leads to my cannabis story and, and where we are now and how we met.
0: Amazing, yeah. And we, we met at the Cannabis Coaching Institute. So you mentioned that you are in recovery. Do you want to start there with your story?
1: yeah this was a long time ago. <laughs> it's probably a good starting point. Eighteen years seems like forever now. I just had a birthday, so it was like end of February. yeah. so I had some trouble with basically figuring out what I wanted to do after going to college and you know, changing my major a few times and all that. and so I ended up getting married when I was really young and got divorced a few years later and studied abroad, changed my major, all the things, and then uh, got sober in 2004. So I went to AA meetings in my local, in my hometown. I was living there again. So I started pharmacy school with only six months of sobriety under my belt, uh, which was scary. And they had us do um, site visits and go in pharmacies. And I was around, you know, pills and all that stuff that I had just stopped using, um, right away, pretty much. So that was a really interesting experience.
0: (laughs) That must've been incredibly difficult to do.
1: Mm, I think, um, the idea of it is harder than it was in practice. Um, I had a a great sponsor at the time and, um, she was a physician who had gotten sober before she went to medical school. So it was like the perfect support for me to, you know, go to grad school, newly sober.
0: So you mentioned that you had to have uh, several back surgeries. Do you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. So during pharmacy school, I think I was in my third year, I tried to do a yoga video um, and I had never done yoga of any kind before. So I didn't know what I was doing. And because of my uh, personality type, I kind of go zero to a thousand. So I was, (laughs) I overdid it and I woke up the next day and that was the only thing I did differently. And, but I had nerve pain and tingling all the way to my feet and both legs. And it was kind of out of nowhere. Um, so I went to doctors and did physical therapy and tried all the non mind and mood altering everything. Um, Cause that's what they teach in recovery programs. So, you know, I was really careful and tried everything, but, you know, opiates basically for that injury Uh, And then I ended up having my daughter in 2009 and my back actually was better during pregnancy, which was weird. And then, um, but it got worse after. So I had a C-section, she was breech and my lower back pain got and nerve pain, honestly, was the thing that drove me to be willing to have surgery at 30 years old. So I had a um, double fusion, like at two levels in my lowest two um, vertebrae. They took the discs out and attempted a fusion. They went through my stomach um, to try to like have less trauma, I guess, on your back. Um, My older daughter was only one when I had my first surgery. I went the whole year after that with um, pain management and physical therapy and all these things trying to to heal. And it just never fused. So they thought that um, the reason that I didn't fuse was because I was deficient in vitamin D. I don't know if that's the case, but I immediately started taking vitamin D and we actually tried to get pregnant again a few years later and I had a miscarriage. And then after that pregnancy, my back got worse again. That's when I got willing to have the surgery again, try it again. But there was a difference this time. I I had gotten off of the pain management and then back on it. I had just decided it was going to be different this time. Like I'm done with this injury. I have to heal. So i I just made the decision. I'm going to start walking every day before surgery. I'm going to, you know, taking this into my own hands, basically. But I did fuse and I healed from that um, procedure. And uh, my lower back is great now. I had a lot of trouble uh, getting off of the pain management that second time after surgery. So I had trouble, meaning like my addiction was roaring trying to, you know, get back off of the opiates when I still had, you know, some pain after surgery and all that. And it's a mind game, you know, having to take your drug of choice every day and maintain your mindset of sobriety or however much you can of that um, is a really scary place. It just is scary because you know that you're not totally sober, but you kind of have to keep doing the things. I mean, I kept going to meetings. I kept, yeah, I kept in touch with my sponsor. I continued working steps and doing the things, but still it was, it's too much. Wow. That, that seems like a lot. It was hard. It was hard in meetings to feel like I was doing it right. I think.
0: Right. That would be that would be extremely difficult especially when you're in so much pain and you you need something you need something right yeah but i didn't want to need something either so how long after that did you end up turning to cannabis
1: um let's see so i had my second surgery in 2013 And then I have a second baby who was born in 2015 and I did not have back problems after that pregnancy or during that pregnancy. Miracle. Um, I got to do a VBAC with her. So that was an incredibly empowering experience. I actually really soon after that, I had a melanoma on my arm that changed during that pregnancy. So that's why I went and got it checked and that's what it was. So after that, I, I kind of, I think I was kind of in the process of coming to cannabis, honestly, like having experiences repeatedly where I would need a pain medicine, but know that I couldn't do that. It was like, I'm going to need an option sometime in my life. And it can't be that. I think it was a slow progression. So I had the second back surgery in 2013. Um, I had my second daughter in 2015, but I didn't start cannabis until 2020.
0: Okay, so what led you to cannabis specifically?
1: After I had my second daughter, I started having other pains like shoulders and neck. And I kind of attributed it to maybe breastfeeding or the stress of having a new baby. Or I started trying CBD. I didn't have a lot of luck at first. And I tried some edibles. We would travel to Colorado or or some family member would or whatever. And I always, I think I always wondered if it could work for me. So I didn't get very much consistent relief and I started doing research. And then a friend who uh, is a grower moved back um, from California and Colorado for the last several years. So I had a kind of a re-education about cannabis and the parts of it that are important all i knew is that thc was going to get me high
0: so did you find it was hard being a pharmacist and starting to include cannabis into your life was there a bit of a stigma there or was it just very natural for you
1: there was of course a lot of stigma with pharmacists and that community but not only that the recovery community 12-step communities aren't super open typically to cannabis.
0: Once you started taking cannabis, what did you find that it was doing for you? I think it was, it was just such a process. It started helping
1: me to be less uh, stressed, not, not just, you know, I, I used it for pain at first, and then I found that it was helping me be more present with my kids, just kind of slow down my life and pace of lifestyle. Which is always a lovely thing. So nice to be able to have the time to add the intention right. about, you know, be intentional about what I'm doing. So they say you want to make your outsides match your insides. So make your you know, choices in your life, reflect your values. And that became increasingly easy to do with cannabis.
0: Well, I just want to take a moment and, and celebrate the fact that you have been 18 years sober. Is that correct? That, that is, is correct. so wonderful and so humongous. And not just because you are a dear friend to me, but because that is such a huge accomplishment. And I saw
1: the, you know, the opiate epidemic from the pharmacist side and right. from working in mental health and pharmacy. I saw it a lot more than you even do working in a retail setting. So I experienced it and then, you know, have recovered I'm in recovery continually, you know, doing the things, but yeah, it's incredibly scary.
0: And so, so so inspirational. So
1: grateful. Oh my gosh. Yes. I'm very, I'm blessed and lucky and all the things.
0: All the things. I had mentioned that you and I know each other from CCI, the Cannabis Coaching Institute, and we were in the same cohort February, 2021. After we graduated, that's when we became quite close actually, but you were uh, one of the student mentors there.
1: Yes, it was funny. It took me that many years to be willing to take another course after pharmacy school. (laughs) It's the first course I've ever enrolled in since I finished
0: school. To be fair, you did a lot of schooling. (laughs) You needed a break.
1: I was not a course junkie like you guys. I had never done that before, (laughs) but I got to mentor and support students at CCI after, as soon as I finished, basically, I was hired to help do that. So I loved that opportunity and that, that work there.
0: But you were also made for things like that you have such an energy about you in and, and a way about you like even before you became a mentor you you were doing the work of a mentor i remember just you know you were always showing up for people and you were always um yeah you were always you were always there
1: that's great i think it felt a lot like a recovery community right. to me right. so it felt very natural to just do what i do there here you know,
0: so I'm actually part of a, an amazing group that you run, and I would love for you to talk about that
1: well thank you
0: i I think that during
1: um covid and and then at cci I kind of came to this change is hard and people need help with it like when I was introduced to coaching, just that was the premise I had done some grief work through in recovery um like a therapist sponsor um that I worked with so it was really powerful for me the grief work that i had done and and then i saw how you could apply those principles to basically any big change that happens in your life so my identity had changed so much from being a pharmacist to becoming a coach and working with cannabis it started as a grief group kind of but i'm calling it life support just for any major change or shift that's going on
0: that's amazing and like i said i'm in that group and Um, you did talk a lot about at the beginning the grief recovery handbook which Mm -hmm. is a book that I am absolutely I love it it is it was such a great recommendation from you and we don't always talk about that in the group but it is such an amazing resource
1: yes I've um, kind of done the work in that book several times and I love it I've always gotten a lot from every time I do the process so Um, I recommend it to people, anyone who has kind of unresolved stuff from any big change that's happened, not just a death or divorce or, you know, tangible loss. Like I said, the identity thing is huge. So what else are you currently working on? So I've been doing some workshops, Cannabis 101, basically advocacy kind of, and just general information, like a public service announcement. It's safe. It's healthy. Everybody, it's okay. And I've done several of those and I'm I'm traveling to do one actually next weekend. And I'm also consulting and coaching, cannabis coaching with people, helping them find what works for them with cannabis for specific diagnoses and things. Hopefully soon I'll be a professor teaching cannabis to undergrad students at a university so
0: what an amazing asset to have someone who has the education and the knowledge that you have both about you know pharmaceutical things and then now the cannabis stuff
1: it's really fun to marry the two and to also be like in it right now because there's so few of us pharmacists who are in there or medical professionals who are also you know interested in cannabis medicine and um and doing the research and all that stuff especially in the United States so yeah it's super exciting so can we talk about what we're working on together uh yeah we can cuz it's a great balance for my grief group
0: and Candy and I work on the
1: joy project okay. i'm so excited about it
0: me too so do you want to do you want to explain what the joy project then is yes
1: um we're going to do a podcast so, it just developed recently into a podcast, and we're going to chronicle kind of our journeys with finding joy, seeking joy, creating joy, making it a practice. And yes. it's something I need
0: something we all need is so important, And learning how to cultivate that joy for the rest of your life. And those things are going to change. And and you might like, you know, feel drawn to something one day and something else the next day. And that's totally fine.
1: Cultivating joy and like, for in the future, like as a way of being more than we decide to do this project. And for this several weeks, we're going to invest our time in trying to find or do things that are fun that's not the mindset it's more of a you know cultivating a practice of seeking joy continually and always being open and and that that coaching thing that i learned at cci of curiosity you know trying to invoke curiosity
0: Right and, and bringing that, that child's Yeah, the child's play of exploring and discovering and being yes. open to these things. And I think one of the biggest things for the joy project is like you said being an open channel to accepting joy in your life. A lot of people shut it out without realizing that they are. So I think we so. shut lots of things out just by accident almost. Right. So when is the joy project podcast coming out? So we will be uh, releasing, launching in May.
1: So I think it'll be fun to, you know, not only go along with us as we figure out what brings us joy and, and make that a practice for our lives going forward, but other people see what brings them joy. You know, I think the ideas that other people have or things that work for other people spark ideas and inspiration in me. So that's what we hope to bring for other people
0: right and we'll have we'll have guests on there that have their own stories about joy and yeah it's going to be amazing i'm
1: looking forward to it for sure me
0: too. so i really wanted to ask you what brings you joy
1: i love of course my kids and animals and nature is something that really grounds me and brings me joy in a peaceful way color and uh like growing food that's colorful I like gardening and and flowers and stuff, but it makes me really feel satisfied to be able to grow things in my own garden. Music brings me joy. Singing and thinking of my daughter's singing. I'm looking at my vision board. (laughs) It's right in front of me. My vision board brings me joy.
0: And what a great practice, right? To have it all kind of in front of you, that you can always add to it too. Yeah. Keep adding those joys.
1: One piece of my practice for joy.
0: Yep. So what books are you currently reading? Oh my gosh. I have
1: like five going on audible right now.
0: I am reading,
1: listening to the emotion code and the body keeps the score kind of both of those. They're very similar in their kind of ideas. I just started mindset, the actual hardback book, (laughs) a paper book. I love it. Um, that's Carol Dweck. And they talked about that a little bit at CCI and some of the um, mindset lessons and coaching lessons. So um, I picked up that book and then just finished Untamed by and Doyle. Loved that. And Opioid Reckoning, my high school chemistry teacher who completely inspired me to become a teacher and love chemistry and become a pharmacist and stay in science in general He sent me this book that was just published, I think, last year um, in 2021, and she studied and interviewed people around the world about different pain management techniques and stuff. Wow. So looking forward to that. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Very cool. So the last question that I have for you is what music are you currently listening to this week?
1: Ooh, I have a good mix going. I am loving this song called Loved by You by Kirby. And the uh, Willow Smith song, Meet Me at Our Spot. And there's a couple others. I can't remember. I've been, uh, songs that I can sing lately, I've been loving listening to. So that's what I've been doing around the house.
0: Well, that sounds very joyful. Yes. It's a good practice. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here today. I am honored that you are a guest and you were my first guest host. You where you interviewed me. I'm I'm really grateful that you that you're doing this with me. Thank you for having me and I love what you're doing. Thank you. And also everybody make sure that you look in the description to see all of Becky's links so you can follow her and also including the Joy Project link so that you can start listening to our Joy Project podcast. I hope you continue to follow your joy.